by Big Rapids Pennzoil and Auto Repair, Seth Winger and the Winger Insurance Agency, 911 Restoration, Gilbert's Carpets Plus Color Tile, and Benton Baker of Big Rapids. Well, here we are. Morning, Bobby. How are you? Good. How's everything? Well, not bad. I see uh, Super Bowl's over. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're <laughs> like moving right care around here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we lost a very special person this week. Uh, Liz uh, Stringer, uh, Beth Kramer's mother. Uh, Beth and Steve own the Big Rapids Farm and Garden. Our prayers and thoughts are out to them. Liz was a great lady. Anybody that ever met her loved her. And her husband, Jerry, he was a great uh, guy here in Big Rapids. Worked for Mishcon for a lot of years. Supervisor over there. But uh, as so many other people in this town have came and gone, uh, there too that we really appreciated. Uh, anyway, um, we got a, a great guy in the studio this morning. Um, I've known him for a long, long time, and I think I've talked about his dad, Vaughn. Uh, he uh, impressed me when I was a younger man working for Gordy Gilbert back in the day, and we go to his farm there, Bob, and uh, I got Bob Cook with me, better known as Toad, right, Bob? Yeah. How did you come up with Toad? Oh, that was my very first rodeo. Three of my old pals uh, was asked me to be a clown, and I'd never been a clown before. Been around rodeo, but not clown. And they said, would you play the part of the clown? And I said, sure. And we said, we can't call you Bob Cook from Big Rapids, so we'll call you Toad from Texas. <laughs> and it well, stuck. Yeah, you know, uh, that's that's good introduction, but I, I should have really... Uh, Gave you a better one than that, I guess, as far as uh, respect to you, Bob. Uh, for you folks that uh, don't know, but we got a special guy in here today. He's uh, not a youngster anymore, but uh, he still looks great, and uh, you've been through a lot, Bob. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about when you were little. Uh, your dad brought you up, your mother out there in Woodville area, right? Yeah. Uh, was that on Six Mile? Four. Four Mile? Yeah, you lived on Four Mile. How many brothers and sisters? Uh, there's 11 total uh, stepchildren, half-brothers and sisters, but uh, the original family, there was only three of us brothers. Now, do you mind if I ask you how old you are now? 82. 82 years old. So you've seen a lot, and we're going to go from there. So you were born in the horses, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your dad, if I remember right, he had little Shetland ponies that or little ponies, whatever, pulling ponies. He had every kind of horse, uh, my grandfather, Roy Cook, uh, that's where I was born on Four Mile Road with his farm. And he used to get western horses by the train loads, and they'd come here to the stockyards, and they'd take them back to his ranch here and farm. And he had a lot of hired men, and they'd break them horses out and sell them for uh, labor horses, <clears throat> for farm horses to the neighborhoods. Uh, so that's how he got involved. That's how my dad got involved. So uh, they got wild horses from out west. Yeah. you remember all that? No, I don't remember okay. them. Uh-huh. But, uh, but you got stories that they told you. Oh, yeah. Was, I lived the life of it, yeah. Do you remember who owned the stockyards here in town then? Did no. you ever say? No, I don't. Do you remember when Carl Schubert came into town? Oh, sure. Okay. What year would that have been? Do you remember just oh, about? No. Uh-huh. I, we were more white cloud people. I went to school okay. in white cloud. Yeah. But we're in between. But... Uh, we come to Big Rapids occasionally. Yeah. So uh, you you knew your grandpa pretty good? No. I only okay. knew him. No, I was six years old when he passed away. Oh, okay. How old was he then? Uh, 60. Okay. So then your dad took over the helm of doing all them breaking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and, and us three boys. 
Okay, you and who's your brothers? That Ro- Roland, my oldest brother, he was uh, killed when he was 32, and my brother David, and he died when he was 58. Oh, so wow. They died young. So uh, back to the railroad, though, you you heard stories that they, uh, and not, there's true stories, obviously, but uh, they used to, how many would like they break at a time? Do you remember them? Well, saying? they'd break them in teams, but they'd start them single, and then... Uh, my dad had to tell me these stories because I can't. Right. I wasn't. I was too young. But right. they would they would herd them from the stockyards across the river out to the farm, and uh, they had a big stump fence corral, and they'd put them in there and then single them out and get them to where they could handle them a little bit. And then he had two big oak trees that he tied them and snubbed them up to, and harnessed them, and and he had a big rolling packer. And he had it pointed out to the road and across the field. There was a big open field there. And he'd take a, a popple pole with a little brush on the end of it. And he didn't have a pair of lines, so he had them in his hand, but he couldn't use them. And he'd turn them horses loose, and they'd just run. And when he wanted to turn them, he'd take that pole and stick out by their head and shake it. And then they would shy off to the left or the right. And they'd go around that field until they got them wore out. And then they'd start driving them. So when you say driving, what did they use the horses for then? Plowing and... Oh, it's all farm work. Yeah. All farm work. Did they ride them much? No. No? My dad did, and, and yeah. he got into saddle horses. We, He jockeyed saddle horses a lot, too. So we, he'd go out in the country and buy sour horses that people couldn't handle no more and bring them back, and us boys would ride them out, and, and uh, then he'd put them back on the market. What... Uh, what do you think, you know, I mean, I've been a horseman for a lot of years, and I, I'm not even average, probably. And uh, You look back, and you see these good old horsemen. Uh, are they still there out there in the world today, you think, like they were like your dad there and you? Yeah, yeah, there is, and you get mm-hmm. in the right places. You know, I, I was spent 30 years in the rodeo business, so I run into a lot of cowboys. Yeah. And I found a lot of good ones, and then I found some that's just mediocre. Yeah. But, I mean, wonder, because uh, your dad had quite a reputation of breaking horses, any size horse. Oh, yeah. What, what, what did your, was that a gift? Do you think that is a gift, Bob? Oh, yeah, for sure. I do, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody. But he had a good teacher, though. His dad was a good teacher. Yeah. He, you know, he, he, he took some challenges on, but. Back then, you, you learned from your dad, didn't you? Oh, yeah, so absolutely. You learned everything from your dad, didn't everything. you? Everything. Yeah, and your brother, he's a pretty good horseman, that one from Ravana area. Yeah. What's his name? Roland and David, both. They're yeah. both real good horsemen. I know people talk. Huh? They still doing it? No, no, though they passed away. Oh. Yeah. Well, you have one there I met at Donnie Kaiser's funeral. Oh, that's Clinton. Yeah. He's, that's a half-brother. He's pretty good horseman, too, eh? His other brother is, Nathan. He is okay. a real good teamster. Yeah. Uh, he makes a living doing it, basically. Right. Still, where does he live then? Uh, Rothbury. Okay, yeah, Rothbury. So, you got in a rodeo... Uh, what what started you in that, and how old were you then? I was raised in it. Okay, so your dad would go to, where were they at back then? Like Big Rapids have one? Oh, yeah, they, they had horse shows and rodeos everywhere here in Michigan, fairgrounds. And they used to have a nice one here in Big Rapids. Yeah, so who put those on? Who? Uh, Fairboards. Okay, so then they'd hire, like, your dad to come in with horses, or? No, they'd sanction a rodeo, and then uh, rodeo at that time was, uh, wasn't, uh, Organized like it is today. Okay. And you could just be an amateur and go and and uh, pay your fees and 
and ride a horse out or a bull out or rope, whatever you wanted to. So now uh, you rode bulls or horses? No, neither. Oh, I rode horses, but okay. I didn't ride bucking horses. All right. I, uh, Smart. I, yeah. I don't know if I was. That was tough, big. wasn't it? Yeah. Because I had to put grease paint on and right. and I had to stand in front what, of them. Yeah, what made you become a clown? I mean, what possessed you to do that? Well, I was always fascinated by them because we was always at the rodeo and, and they were pretty athletic and I always enjoyed their their bravery. But, uh, well, I, I understand that I can't remember if, uh, who it was, so I won't say a name, but uh, in the gas station, I was telling them about having you on and, and they said, oh, he was quick. And this guy used to watch you at the rodeos, he said. And uh, he asked you one day, uh, how athletic you got to be to be a clown? And you said, uh, well, I'll show you. And you did a backflip. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh. He said you did a backflip right in the old air. And he said, he did her too. But that can be dangerous, hey, the clown. Probably oh, yeah. the worst. Oh, yeah. It's pretty, pretty dangerous. That's probably the uh, most dangerous one of them all because you got to get that bowler away from that rider, right, as soon as that rider falls? Yeah, well, the rider's only got to ride one, and we got to fight everyone. Everyone. So how many hours? Uh, well, we we can, we've did 30 in a day. Wow. Fought 30 bulls in a day. Like in Calgary, they have 22 shoots there. They won one, won one right out after you, one after another. So you went to Calgary in Oh, Canada? several times. Several times. I'm thinking you, you see the uh, running of the bulls in, in Italy there, in, or in Spain, rather, in Paploma, and a rodeo clown has to do that every day. That's their living, basically. So uh, that, that's not for the faint of heart. How so. far out west have we gone? Then, like, Calgary, I know, is out west, north, but, like, Montana, you go out there to all of them rodeos? Uh, I fought all bulls in all the bull rings of Mexico. Really? Uh, almost every state in the Union, and all the Providence in Canada is, like, two, except two. So did you have an agent then? or how, how? No, no, free agent. I was myself. They just hired you. They knew yeah. Bob Cook, right, in White Cloud, Michigan. Yeah, that's basically it. You have to, you have to belong to an association once you get into the pros, mm -hmm. and it's pretty tough to get in there, especially as a bullfighter or a clown. So uh, just recently uh, you were voted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, uh, I belong to the Standard Bread Association, and uh, being the Hall of Fame there, you got a, a percentage is pretty small that gets in a Hall of Fame. And uh, that must have just been something chilled to your heart. You know, so many times people don't get that award until they're after, oh, the legend's dead, and yeah. now he's a living legend dead or in heck, and gets the award. Yeah. You received it and took your whole family. Where was that, Oklahoma? Texas, Fort Texas. Worth, Texas. So that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I I've earned uh, nine national finals, which wow. is uh, the top clown of the year. So, wow, and <laughs> that's something. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, how many clowns is there out there? Lots uh, of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you tip a stone over out there. There's a bullfighter under it. Now, how did uh, so they vote on that? I'm sure. Oh, it's uh, yeah. To get to get into that class of it, you you got to belong to the association. Uh -huh. To get into the association as an amateur, you've got to have three letters wrote by three world champions, bullfighters. Wow. And then you get those three letters, and then you've got to have three letters from professional stock contractors who hire you, or you work for them. And then after you get those letters, then you've got to go in front of a screening committee, and you've got to fight bulls in front of a screening committee. 
And once you get your card done, now you're eligible to go to all the pro rodeos. Uh, you, you bid them, you, price your, you put your price on it. You can price yourself out or you can, if you need work, you price yourself in. And uh, when you go to the national finals, they take, there's only uh, nine or seven events in pro rodeo. And so they take the top 15 in every event to go to the national finals. That's what makes the national finals so good is they're all pros. And they make points by the dollars that they earn. And it's all kept track of. And so the top, finny, uh, top 15 money winners go to the finals in that event, whether it be bronc riding, bareback riding, bull riding, steer wrestling, whatever they do, they gotta be in that top 15 line. And then for the clowns, uh, we're a hired agent. Uh, we don't work off of winnings. We work off of, of salary. Uh, then the top 15 bull riders vote for the clown that they want in there to protect them. Because these guys are fighting right. for their, they're fighting for that gold buckle. And uh, I myself did 250 performances a year. Mm -hmm. You got to be in front of everybody to get to get the notice and, and then if you got uh, the ability to protect them good, uh, that's, you'll get their vote. So it's, it's, it's a tough game to play and very few people ever get that far. Right. Yeah, they, uh, so how old were you when you went in the ring the first time? And did you have jitters or were you pretty confident back then? Oh no, I wasn't confident, no, no, no. no. I, I, my first rodeo was a, a, a kid's rodeo. Oh, really? Yeah. And then after I got going uh, up in Reed City, there was a gentleman by the name of Garth Urbis who had an amateur string. And I went to work for him in the summer months. And uh, after a while, I decided I wanted to learn how to fight bulls. So I went to bullfight school. You guys uh, went on the farm there breaking them colts, you know, and horses that you came in or you you did a lot of that eh back then oh, oh yeah so where did you go to like school white cloud okay i went to a country school first and then when they integrated the schools where was that country school at i'm just thinking because i know we're about new cost in four mile you're on yeah so. well it was on one mile and uh oh i couldn't tell you the name of the road just outside of white cloud about three miles yeah. so uh you had a, quite a jaunt to go to school then Oh, yeah. Did you ride a horse or No, no. Then we had school buses. Oh, you did? Yeah. I'm not trying to make you ancient here, Bob. Yeah. I don't mean to do that, but yeah. you just got a lot of history out there in White Cloud. I mean, uh, you know, uh, good buddy yours just passed. We all loved him. Oh, Don Kaiser. There. Oh, he was my best buddy. Yeah, he was. He thought the world of you, you know, and uh, he uh, had a good relationship with us at Curry's for a lot of years. And oh, yeah. he would always talk about you, how you were... Yeah. his best buddy and oh, yeah. how you were a heck of a horseman you know of course he knew we were in the horses but different kind but uh you know you look back at life and uh if uh you, you tell these younger people they just they don't get it do they not not the kind of life that we had or you had yeah it's pretty hard to, to replace my life uh, so um, we was we was energetic we Living in the country like we did, there wasn't opportunities like if you lived in town. And so we made good with whatever we did. Yeah. And uh, we worked in the woods, we farmed, we broke horses. Whatever there was to do, we did it. We had a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. 
So you, uh, your profession, though, was clowns, uh, rodeos, but you had other businesses. Yeah. And you got a beautiful farm out there where you still live today, right? Yeah. I remember that day you gave me a ride around the country there and showed me them horses out in that field. Hell, I thought I was out west. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have them horses like that anymore, No, right? no, no. I, I, I raise cattle. I started raising longhorn cattle because I was going to build a bed and breakfast for my daughter. Oh. And uh, I got the cattle started, and then it just kept growing until... I finally, just, I just had to start loading, unloading them, and uh, uh, got a chance to raise uh, pro rodeos, two-year-old colt bucking horses, mm. and so they'd bring me semi-loads of those, and we'd put them out there, and we'd pasture them, and keep doctoring them, and whatever we had to do. So, like when you were younger, uh, you didn't go to college, did you? Oh no, no. So you went to White Cloud, and when you got out of high school, what was your thought at that time? Was you well, what was you gonna do? Uh, I'm too busy. A, I'm, I'm writing a book right now, and it's one of my my subjects right now. Is uh, I was 19 years old, and we the Dutch elm disease went through and killed all the elm trees mm. back in the 60s, and my dad had a big swamp of them, and he said we need to get that wood out of there for its junk. And so uh, he hired uh, a guy by the name of Don Youngs to come in there with a penny mill and put it in the swamp. And then we went down there and cut them old dead trees down and, and cut the logs out of them. We had to have horses and, and uh, to skid them out with. We did everything with horses. And we skid them out and, and uh, take a few of them over to the penny mill and he would saw them into lumber. And then the rest of them we'd take out, load on the sleighs and take two teams to pull them out. There was big logs. Mm-hmm. out to the landing and then a truck would come along and pick them up and I did that since I graduated well I, I grew up in it all my life but uh, after I graduated that was my job and it was a January day it was cold oh it was cold and and we brought the teams up for dinner and put them in the barn and fed them and I got in the car and I went down to Muskegon and joined the Calvary really yeah and Not- What's the cavalry? Tell everybody what the cavalry is. Well, it's a branch of the army. It's a, it's a, they lead the army into combat. They're they're a special breed of cats. So on horses? Uh, no, uh, they did away with them in 1945. Okay. But I when I was uh, going through part of my scout training, I was stationed in Camp Carson, Colorado, and they had one troop of cav there, and it was a parade, uh, and they did funerals and parades and. I got to be in that for a couple of weeks, so I got to be mounted mm-hmm. one time. Wow. Yeah, it was a privilege. So how many years were you in that, and where did you go with that? Well, I trained for a whole year to be a scout. Okay. And then that was pretty tough, and, and that made me determined that I could do anything once I went through that stage. And then I sent me overseas on the Iron Curtain, and uh, Vietnam was going on at the time, and I got... I got out of that uh, due to a, a really nice warrant officer. He was a pilot, and uh, the cavalry was just starting to get helicopters in for Vietnam. And so they, they, the government gave the 2nd Cavalry, the 12th Cavalry, uh, two helicopters and two warrant officers to fly them. And that was going to be the recon people, because I was in recon. 
And so they set me in one of them helicopters, and we'd fly every day, and they, they practice uh, their maneuvers, flying at sagebrush, sagebrush level, probably go 60 miles an hour, and just follow the terrain and go over the knolls and knobs and jump over the fences, and it was really exciting. It was thrilling. And uh, this warrant officer took a liking to me, and we'd talk on the headsets, and he said, you need to get out of your MOS. Uh, MOS is your job. And uh, I said, no. I said, this is, I love this. It's just flying. It's great. And he said, no, you don't understand. They're going to kill you. And I mean, it, they talked really plain to me. And uh, we flew every day, and every day he hounded me about changing my MOS. Well, I'd already went through all the schools and the training that and the, the government's going to not turn that away, see? So he said, why don't you... Uh, put in for a transfer and uh, see if you can go to Alabama to Fort Rucker and, and get to be a crew chief in a helicopter. And I said, yeah, that would be fun. So that's what I did. I went to the office and asked if I would could put in for crew chief school, and I got it approved. And then as soon as I got it approved, the old man from the Calvary said, no, we got you trained. Now you got to go to a hot spot. So they sent me overseas then. And so he, he's, this, this warrant officer, I always figured he saved my life, him and God, uh, because uh, they couldn't train him fast enough when they got him in Vietnam. So uh, at first, where were you at when you were going through this training? Was that over in Saigon? Or? No, 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 no. I did all my training stateside. Uh, okay. I went, but when, they, when you said they were going to kill you, where would that have been? Oh, Korea? Vietnam. Vietnam, okay. Yeah, because the cavalry was... Getting okay. mustered to go to, to Vietnam. Okay. And I, we didn't, EM people didn't know that, but the, the, the officers all knew that. They, they were programmed to do this and get everything set up and get everybody trained for the jungle. So I went through my jungle training and all of that, my mountain training, cold weather training. Every recon school there ever was, I, I went through it. But uh, anyway, that, and when I come home, I, 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 uh, I had a lot of problems, and uh, I was a nervous wreck all the time, and, and so when I uh, got out, I had to have some excitement. So I bought a Harley-Davidson Sportster, and I tried to drive the wheels off of that, trying to, you know, to pacify my, my adrenaline need. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, that went right along pretty good, and I, and I wasted a whole year when I got out. As uh, They said that don't, don't take your uh, uniform, don't throw your uniforms away, we're going to call you back. And I know what that meant. So my brother Roland, he got drafted twice, and so it does happen. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he was just in transportation. He didn't have a critical MOS. I had a critical MOS. So anyway, through that, I uh, became an adrenaline junkie, and I couldn't find anything to pacify me, and finally uh, I met my beautiful wife, and we got married, and that took me off the, the, the scroll for being on the call list, and uh, from there we just went on, and when Rodeo come along, that was, uh, that was my appetite for my uh, peace. So, uh... Just for people to know, uh, 
very traumatic, isn't it, in the service? Oh, yeah. I got lucky in 72, Nixon came out and said no more draft. Otherwise, there was a bunch of us. We were enlisting in the Army. Oh, yeah. And we already had papers ready to roll, but uh, thank God we didn't have to go. And uh, we lost a lot of buddies. Oh, that sure. went over there, and I'm sure you did, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, talk about pay. You know, uh, we got this immigration thing going on right now. They're, they're getting free health care and, and uh, getting whatever they want. And it just... Uh, time in our lives that we just can't believe what we're seeing. I know you can't because you've been through all that. But just tell people, do you remember what you used to get paid a week? Oh. <laughs> putting your life on the line for our country? Well, um, growing up, I uh, when I got out of school, I, I worked in the woods. Uh, that was peace work. You got paid for what you did, okay? And it wasn't much. Uh, but we was at home, and we... We was adapted. We didn't have to have a brand new home or a bunch of cars. It, it was it was a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, the the pay in my in my rodeo days. Uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say this. No, but uh, I used to stand in front of them bulls for twenty five dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, Bob's over here going, whoa. Well, How I about- it for inflation, but still, that's, you know, that was like that was pocket change. Well, yeah. <laughs> so- no, but Bob, uh, you touched on God, and oh. I love to hear you say that because, you know, uh, there is a God, and, and uh, I've always admired you. Now, going back to Nam days, and what did the Army pay you guys back then? Uh, uh, it, it goes by your rank on your sleeve, uh-huh. okay, and how much time you got in the service, but... Um, when I first went in, I got a flying ten, what they call a flying ten, that by your toothpaste and whatever mm-hmm. with, because a lot of guys come in there destitute. Right. I'd heard E none. That was another one, like instead of E nine, E none, which yeah. is uh, like your starting wage. Well, yeah. I was just curious. What? Yeah. About? I, I I made ninety six dollars a month. Wow, isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> and fought for your country. Yeah. What? Now, we'll jump back and forth because that's what I'm good at doing. Yeah, we need to take a quick break. Oh, yeah. Talk. Well, let's do WBZX it. My Big God, Rapids. that half hour went yeah, fast. Yeah, really. So why don't we play the song uh, yeah. that uh, that Bob wanted to hear? All right, Bob, we're going to play a song. Uh, 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 Cowboy Pride. Is that a good one for you? Go ahead. Okay, we're going to do that. We'll take a break. WBZX Big Rapids. It is Curry's Corner here on Tuesday morning. O'clock, B1039. Back wow, with Mark Curry's Thanks for those sponsors, back. eh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, here we are with Bob Toad Cook here, and uh, we already talked about how he got his name Toad Cook there in the, in the arena with uh, the rodeo there. But, Bob, when you left old White Cloud, uh, prior to leaving White Cloud for the service, uh, did you get out much? Did you travel much around Michigan at all? or did you? Oh, have- yeah. My dad took us boys uh, out west. Uh, he had a cattle truck and... Okay. and uh, we put a campus over the top of it. We made our first camper that way, and right. he took us boys out there. I remember that uh, Yellowstone in different places. So oh, really? We, so we got around. Would you have international? Or do you remember what truck it was? Uh, it was a Chevy. Chevy? Yeah. So like a one-ton? No, Dually? probably a two-ton. Two-ton. Yeah. Yeah. It had a cattle racks on it, you know. Yeah. And big ramp to go up the back end for the livestock. All right, so when you went out there, you went to buy horses? Oh, no. Oh, no, just a vacation. Really? Good for him. Yeah. Wow, he made sure you guys saw the land then. Oh, huh? yeah. He was my hero. Well, talk about your dad a little bit then. He had humbling beginnings, eh? Oh, yeah. He was raised there at the place he raised yeah. you at? Yeah. My dad did good with himself, too. I mean, he, 
he was raised by my grandfather right on the, his homestead there. And uh, my grandfather broke them horses, and he had a lot of hired men, and my, my dad was the lonely boy there. Okay. And so he had to put up with them hired men, boss him around, and he learned how to stand up for himself after a while. And, and then uh, we had a big open range area. They called it the Skims, and uh, my granddad would run cattle over there, and my dad would go out there and keep them cornered, you know, keep them in the area. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where he learned to rope, and he became an extremely good roper. And uh, he, he tied hard and fast, they call it. Uh, and and uh, in Texas, there's a huge ranch down there, the King Ranch. They wrote a letter up here to my dad and asked him to come down there and work uh, as a brush popper. Uh, they called them brush poppers. And that was roping in the woods. Wow. And he learned how to sidearm rope. He didn't swing it over his head. He couldn't because of the limbs and the brush. Uh -huh. Wow. And uh, he became very good at it. And uh, that's what we used to do also as a sideline was catch wild cattle for people up here. Wow. Yeah. And my dad had us three boys, and we had good horses under him, and he had a good dog. And, and uh, the people would get a, a cow out or a steer or whatever it was that gets out, or several of them too. Mm -hmm. And they'd chase them all summer, and they'd get wild like deer. And when winter comes, you know, they got to get them caught because they'll starve. They can't pick and uh, we'd get to Jabba going out there and catching them and us boys would haze them cattle and my dad would get behind them and he had a good horse and he'd a couple of jumps and he'd be on top of them cattle and get a rope on them, jerk them down and snub them to a tree and go get another one and then come back in the evening and load them up in the truck and take them back to the farmer. That's that was a fun life. Right, yeah, I bet it was. These kids just don't know what you guys... You know, it ain't about money, is it, Bob? Not at all. I mean, did you ever have money? Did you ever worship money? <laughs> no. But you always had it, didn't you? We always had enough. Yeah, you had Good enough. Good Lord provided. I yeah. don't care where we was at. He provided. That's what I tell people. The loneliest guy I ever met was a multimillionaire. Yeah, just I Just not think. enough, you know. Yeah. But now, what brought the cooks to White Cloud then? How many generations? Well, that's funny you ask that because I, I did my genealogy mm. uh, along with me and my third cousin. Uh, we worked on this genealogy. I got back to 1560, Nottingham, England, to Francis Cook, and we run the bloodline all the way down to now uh, and to the, even to our grandkids. Um, wow. Started in 1560, and uh, Francis Cook was my bloodline the farthest back, and he was the last surviving pilgrim on the Mayflower. So Say that again? He was what? The last surviving pilgrim on the Mayflower. In, really? In, in 1460, or 1560. Oh, really? So with that passed down through the lineage, yeah. uh, you know, I wanted to research it. I wanted to prove that. So Mary and I, we spent a lot of time courthouses and different places getting documentation. And, and uh, so we made an appointment uh, to go to, the, to uh, Massachusetts, to the Mayflower Society, to ask if we could get authenticated. And uh, I had a, a meeting with two librarians there, historians, at 8 o'clock one morning. And, and uh, they were kind of in a hurry to get us out of there. He said, well, we're going to just find you're not, uh, in five generations, we're going to find that you're not 
a member, can't be a member, a bloodline member of them. So I said, okay. So they took my paperwork that I had, and I didn't have it any authenticated yet. I just had names and, and dates. And they said, well, we'll prove you wrong in five generations. So they got to the fifth generation, which was Roy Luke Cook, my fifth grandfather back. And uh, they said, we don't have him. I said, well, do you listen to stories? And oh, we, we hear so many, they said. Well, tell me. I said, my dad told me that uh, my great-great-grandfather was uh, in the Civil War. Uh, he was captured and, and was in Virginia in prison in, in the war. And uh, I told him about this, the military stories for him. And they got up and went back into that library, and they just got all kinds of history in there. And he come out with an envelope, and he said, I want you to go home and authenticate all your, your dates and names because I got his military records. He was a person. So that's what I did. I had to come back, and I went to to the, every courthouse where you was born at, and I'd get, uh, I could buy the birth certificate, the marriage record, and the, and the death record, and I had to have them authenticated with their stamps on them before I could present them to the Mayflower before they would approve that we were ancestors of those people. So that, I got that done. It took several years. But, I bet it did. Yeah. All this time you were working, too. Uh, yeah. Self, you've always been self-employed. Always been, yeah. always been. So you could do that. Of course, you got a wonderful wife. We all know her. Uh, what? Uh, so, what generation came to Michigan then? Your grandfather? <clears throat> My great grandfather. Great grandfather. Holy Lord! Four generations. Yeah, and uh, he he ended up in Ensley Center. Oh yeah. I, I got to tell you a story about my grandpa because uh, to me it's important. It builds my strength. Yep. Um, he was raised in Ensley, born in Ensley Center, and raised there as a boy. He had his mother, his father, and three siblings below him, and he was the oldest of the siblings. And my great-great-great-grandfather wanted to move out west, so he loaded everybody in a covered wagon, and my grandpa was nine years old, and the siblings was lower. And they went to, and, and I don't know the exact destination they went, but that was either Missouri or Kansas, and they lived there for three years. And uh, they built a sod house, and they lived in that, lived in that sod, house, sod house, and they lived there for three years. Well, they were starving out. They, their grandpa told my dad that they were down to eating prickly pear and whatever, you know, because it was really thin picking. And they decided to come back because my great-grandmother got ill. So on the way back, she passed away in Illinois, coming back to Michigan. And my granddad now was uh, 11 years old, 12, 11 or 12, pretty young. And he, his dad laid in the back of the wagon sick, and he took care of his siblings' uh, children and, and uh, took care of his dad and buried his mother in Illinois. And he marked her grave with a big post, drove it way down in the ground, and left her there. And come back, uh, and that was a struggle just to get back here, driving that team on a wagon. Had, had the same pair of mules that they went out with, that they come back with. And, and Grandpa told about the, 
when they got about two or three miles from Ensley Center, the mules recognized where they is at, and they brayed and took off running and run right back to the house. Right. So 30 years later, my great aunts and my great grandpa went, or my grandpa went back to Illinois and assumed my great grandmother and bring her back to Ensley Center and buried her. Really? Yeah. What year would that have been? 18? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got it in my history. I yeah. can't give you the date. No, right? but yeah. middle 1800s, probably. Well, he was born in 1880. Okay. 89, okay. maybe. Yeah. Right so turn the century. Yeah, right turn the century. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Now, was, huh? Yeah. 12 years old. How yeah. many 12 year olds could run a team today? <laughs> huh? Not, you know, I'm not trying to be. No, I know. I know. Today, but I don't, you know. The whole story about today is, Bob, why I brought you on here was you're part of the reason we are where we're at today. America was built on people like you. Well, and the history that you have is fantastic that people should learn that maybe someday we go back to that. And it's hard to believe, but with all the stuff that's going on with the foreigners, the fighting us and this and that, we forget where we came from, you know, and yeah. uh, just so many stories out there. But... Uh, now going, moving along, uh, so you guys, they moved back to Ensley Center in the turn of the century, mm -hmm. and then you guys resided up with your grandpa in White Cloud or with your mm -hmm. dad? My grandpa. Grandpa. Grandpa came moved up there, and when he, when he got growed, he come to, to, bought a farm up here, a big farm. He had a lot of land. Okay. And, uh, that's where he started his, his horse racing and, and, uh. Yeah. So your dad, he was just a natural then, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. It, it was a gift to him. Everything we got was a gift. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, he was a survivor. And, uh, yeah, he, he, we, we didn't get babied none, I don't think. But I was the baby of the family at that time. But my brothers took good care of me, too. So uh, it, we learned a lot. So you shot horses. Just for myself. Okay. Just right. for myself. Yep. I, I never took a job out. I've been a blacksmith my whole life. But, right. But uh, I, I, I didn't want to get into that because my back isn't built okay. for that. So, uh, but it was for a clown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, clown's the toughest part of the rodeo. But anyway, uh, so was there your brothers, everybody shot their own? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, that's a lost art, too. Oh, yeah. Brian Merrick, right to this day, is the only oh. guy in this town that shoes horses. I use him. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. Brian's a good young man. He built for it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good blacksmith, but it is a dying art, but he loves it. Oh, yeah. You have to have a passion. Of course, his dad was a horseman. His mother yeah. was, you know, oh, yeah. look back. But now, so then you went, uh, you moved off the farm to where you're at now. What year was that in about? Well, uh, I got out of service in the 66, I run wild for a year and married my wife in 67, and uh, this is where I, I'm so proud of my dad. Uh, he was a good, good leader, mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to get a house so my wife and I could start establish, get established, and I'd ask my dad, I said, you want to come look at a house with me and see if it's worth it? And, and where's it at? And I tell him, and he said, how many acres has it got? I said, oh, maybe two or three. He said, oh, no, I'm not going to go look at that. And I couldn't figure out why he would never go look at these houses, didn't have no acreage. And he mm -hmm. said, 
well, you can't raise a cow and you got a kid coming. You got to have a cow. And that's old. That's mm-hmm. old. The old way. Yeah. And so we found this old house had 40 acres on it and uh, had no barn and the house was banded. The windows was broke out of it. Had one light built a light bulb in each room and and it had a windmill and an outhouse. And uh, Dad said, "You can afford that one." And when you get a dollar, take a board off and put a board on. Don't go in debt. And he taught me that. Yeah, not to go in debt. Yeah. And yeah. we got a beautiful home. We got lots of land. Uh, we've just been over-blessed. Yeah, yeah. Over-blessed. Yeah, I believe in that, not going in debt. Yeah. You know, an uh, article in the Pioneer today about a local businessman that uh, has had to close shop, and and it was just, it's, it's sad. But uh, the key in the whole story was that he had no money to keep going. And I tell people that today, if you want to be successful, build your cash up first. Yeah. If you're going to start a business today, you better have yeah. cash to, and reserves. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. And I, there's a lot of different ways, and we won't go. That's a different day. But now you, uh, so you established that place. Like I say, I've been there a couple of times. I just love it. You have a little museum in that barn, don't you? Do you still have all that artifacts yeah. and all that stuff in there? Yes, sir. Do you ever take people out there and show them, Bob, like kids? Uh, which, could them. you, like my kids are going to St. Mary's right now. They have small classes. Uh, would they be welcomed out oh, there yeah. to take a tour of your place? Because I think it would be wonderful. The history that these kids would learn in one day is more than they learn in the books for a year, I think. Yeah. I got a, I got a lot of past history in there. Plus, I do blacksmith demonstrations and and then I have a rodeo museum, too. Well, by golly, I'm going to uh, get that scheduled for the kids because they should see that stuff, you know. Yeah. Now, going back to your dad, so he had pulling horses. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of uh, trophies for that, I suppose. Oh, yeah. He had How many horses, Bob, would he pull? Them well, ponies. Oh, he had different teams, but uh, lights and heavies. And, and, uh, he, and, and we had um, uh, mules, too. Uh, he had a, a, a world champion pair of mules, of pulling mules. Really? Uh-huh. And, and he had several uh, awards for the top horse t- our teams. And my little brother, Nathan, uh, is right there behind my dad in, as far as trophies. Yeah, I, I, that's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. He's from Rothbury, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, now, how, what year did you, uh, you've been in rodeo business for your life, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. But uh, what year did you start your own business and what made you think of going into oh. welding like you have? Oh, I didn't know it was going to be a business. Uh, oh. I was a kid and we had to make our own stuff. I made my own bow and arrows and I made my own toys, you know, like road carts and whatever. And uh, we had a neighbor who had the job of keeping the telephones running. And we had them old insulators on the posts and for some reason, he, he'd always had to come up them, change them insulators if they got broke. And he was in front of our house one day, and actually he was in front of our house several times changing them insulators. Uh, and he'd get a pair of spurs, and he'd climb up that pole, and I, I'd watch him. And I was only like seven, eight years old. And I said, man, I want to climb them poles with you. He said, well, you got to have a set of these spurs to get up there first. And I said, well, good. I looked them all over. I'd be dogged if I didn't make a pair of them. Out of steel, wrought iron? Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. And, and how old? I was young. I was. I Jeez. did a lot of welding when I was a kid, and my dad had an old welder there, and and he let me go out there and tinker all the time. And sometimes I had to use coat hankers, you know, didn't have welding rods. Right. But we made do with what we had, and one of my f- favorite things about what I got to make was a road cart. And, you know, that was a good way to get around. You, yeah. you could r- drive a horse instead of riding him. Right. And uh, I spent all summer building this road cart. And I didn't have no tools to speak about with that old welder and the torch. And I got to the point where I had to have a set of fills. And I didn't know how to bend them pipes. And so my dad helped me with that part, bend the fills. And he seen I almost got it ready to go. And him and mom had to go somewhere. And he said, now, whatever you do, don't hook it in that certain horse in the barnyard. And when he left, I said, I wonder why he didn't want me to hook at that horse. That's probably a good one. Mm-hmm. And so I got around and got that horse caught up. And I pulled my road cart down in the middle of the road, pointed it east, and brung the horse down and backed him in them fills. And when I jumped in, the fills kind of picked up, and the horse spooked and rolled me out the back. And he went up the road lickety split and he took out seven fence posts on my grandma's fence <laughs> the road cart i found it in the neighbor's front yard and the horse was back on my brother's farm with a harness hanging off the side of it dad come home and he seen all that and uh i thought well here's i'm gonna go to the woodshed on this one mm-hmm. and uh he said you hooked it to the wrong horse didn't you <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's amazing, though, your greatest educator was your dad, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He's one taught you everything you ever learned, eh? Yeah, him and God. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you're a Christian. So what did, uh, uh, after that, it, it, uh, your dad passed at how, what age? Uh, he was 76. Yeah. A tragic loss to you, eh? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah, uh. It's all about family, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's all about family. I mean, you look at your family. I know your son, Tim, real well, and your daughter there. Uh, you got to be pretty proud of those two. Oh, I am. I'm proud of all my kids. I got uh, oh, I kids. know. I, I, how many do you have? Three. Okay. And then the other one's a daughter, too? Two daughters? No, two boys and a girl. Oh. Who, who's your other son, then? Brad. Oh, where's he live? North of town. Okay. What's he do, then? He works for a big uh, company. He's a salesman, a machine salesman. Yeah. And uh, he's an engineer. See, isn't that something you didn't have to support any of them, did you? Oh, no. no. Oh, no, no. I'll just, I know that's what I'm trying to get at with people. Yeah. You taught them how to make a living. You didn't teach them how to get a living. No, no. You taught that, them how to make it. I'm kind of old school. Uh, Brad, he went to college. Uh, Brad was a, a different kind of a boy. He was really, really smart, and he knew he didn't want to beat iron. Well, don't count yourself short here. You're a pretty smart man, too, don't you think, Bobby? Well, anyway, Brad went on to college. Tim went to college, too, but he could have put that, uh, you know, aside. He he went there for fun, I think. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, uh, they grew up in that blacksmith shop, Mm -hmm. and they learned how to work and how to do things and how to run business, and they're doing really good. You don't mind talking about that a little bit? The reason I say that is because you got a good relationship with UPS. How did that come about, Bob? Because you're from White Cloud. UPS is a big company. That's the God thing. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, 
the guy turned out to be a dear friend, but he was an engineer for UPS. And, and I had a, a, by this time, Mary and I had a little welding truck set up in a little welding shop. Yeah. Doing stuff for farmers and their loggers and stuff. And he got me, a, gave me a call and wanted me to come up to Big Rapids Center and do a little weld-up job. So I went up there and met him and he showed me what he had done. So I got my fire extinguishers out and got all my safety stuff set up and fixed it for him. And uh, he said, do you travel at all? And I said, uh, yeah, I can some. What are you talking about? And he said, well, I got a deal in Cadillac I want done. And he said, we bought a building up there and, and we got a bunch of old roller uh, sections that we want to, that was cut out of another building and we want them reconstructed and put back in this building and set uh, back package cars into. So I took the job and when we was all finished and I had plastic laid down underneath and I was underneath spray painting and getting everything shiny and there was uh, four or five guys standing around with neckties on, all engineers for UPS and they was watching me work and they said uh, we like to have one company that we can really trust and uh, now this was 40 years ago. Wow, yeah, I'm getting old. And I can remember it. And I uh, took that job on, and right now we got trucks going everywhere in the state. I know it. Got good people working for you. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, you have to. We love them. We yeah. love them. They're good people. Yeah. Well, your son ain't lazy. I know neither one of them are, but I know Tim real well. I see him come in the station early oh, yeah. in the morning and oh, yeah. late at night, and oh, yeah. uh, those guys uh, are out on the road, but... Yeah, that's been a good... But it's all about relationships, isn't it, Bob? It is. Just like the rodeo, it's all about relationships. Yep. That's how you're going to yep. be successful. And then work ethic, you guys. Yep. Those engineers probably saw you as like, wow, this guy's a worker. And plus, you're a good fabricator, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Or you still are, I know, and Tim yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your main... UPS is a big business for you guys, isn't it? Yeah. Go uh, all over. I know you go up in the UP for them too, don't you? We used to. We don't. It's too far. It took yeah. us 11, uh, 11 hours to get to the farthest center, and yeah. it was too expensive to do that. Yeah. For them, you know. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's too far. It wasn't feasible for them. Yeah. Yeah. How did you? Uh, how did you? Uh, like when back in the day when you started up welding, so you just went to farmers and just found yeah. enough work. That was your main work. No. No, it wasn't no. all my main work because um, my dad had bought a garbage company. Oh, that's right. And uh, and I had a I had a town job for a little while in the city, and uh, I worked at night in the at the sewage plant, and so I had the whole day to work. And so he said, "Well, I'll give you a couple of accounts if you want to pick them up." And and so he gave me a couple of account, accounts, and I had an old truck and. I went around and picked them a few stops up, and and I did that for quite a little while, and then I ran his landfill for him, uh, backfilled it for him, and uh, one day he said he's going to retire, so I bought his company and went from there. That's right. So you had Cook uh, Cook's Refuse Service. Yep. And then, did you go in partnership with anybody? Then, how did you get rid of that? Uh, we divided it up. It was so big that. Yeah. We was in like three counties. We was moving, yeah. and and uh, we divided it up between two different individuals, and they took the residential, and I kept the commercial and the industrial. What did you get out of that for? And just wanted to go into something different, welding? No, uh, 
I was I was uh, overwhelmed with work. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, doing a garbage business with a bunch of independent people. Mm-hmm. Uh, collections is hard. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that's wrong with that, mm-hmm. unless you can get organized. And I and I couldn't. I didn't have the skill to do that. But uh, I was rodeoing too. Okay. And and I could only get out a couple of states before I had to be back Monday to. To, to run that companies. Okay. And that welding shop too. So I had the welding shop going in the garbage company and then I was rodeoing too. Yeah. And uh, just lo and behold again, it's another God thing. Uh, I was home and a knock come on the door and it was a salesman, a realtor. And he said, uh, you aren't interested in selling your business, are you? And I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it. I said, yeah. Well, was a day or two or three waste management was there wanted to buy it wow so we haggled over that a little bit and they ended up owning it and that freed me up i was just like it took the weight of the world off of me i didn't yeah. have any more pressure from business yeah. and it freed me up and i went rodeoing hard then yeah you know what's funny is uh you, uh, we'll just talk on just for a second, but there's a lot of people from that area that got into that business, mm-hmm. like Sam Ross, Enzing, yeah. mm-hmm. and Kuzan, and remember Kramer? Oh, when yeah. He was in it. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him. Just He's for, he's one that worked for Waste Management. He bought oh, me out. Oh, he's one that bought you because he lived on 13 Mile Road there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I remember him real well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Was, uh, he was a good operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had the city back. Well, that's how they got the city, wasn't it? Yeah. Back when he was there. Yeah. A lot of history in that. But I think most of all, so like, if you were a teacher and got in front of the class, I ain't putting you on the spot here or nothing, but I know, I, I, I think of Fred Zimmerman as I'm talking to you, because you guys have so much history of Big Rapids in your family, it intrigues me, the story. But uh, if you was to say to your young kid today, if you want to be successful, well, what would you say to him? What, what, Bob? What would there be hope for? Uh, <laughs> I know that I got grandkids. I worry about. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know how to build a fire under them. Uh, first thing, if I was to have some authority, would to take the telephones away from them. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's uh, it's really it's not fun to watch a grown man going to work and he's on the job and he's looking at his. his telephone yeah. playing with his telephone games and what and that just sours me yeah. uh, you know i i was raised to to ride for the brand meaning that's cowboy language but ride for the brand if you go to work for a, a rancher you ride for him you work for him you build his business with him because mm-hmm. he's feeding you he's taking care of you 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 take care of him and society doesn't do that anymore they're, no. they're, they're sheltered by organizations yeah it's almost like the devil's working, isn't he? Oh, I guarantee he is. It is sad. Like, what do you what do you think in our our town right now? I know you know what's going on too with the diversity and the uh, black white thing. I mean, uh, and then the China's wanting to come over here and this and that's divided the town terrible. I mean, there, there, there's more against it than there is for it. But still, you know, you got to respect the ones that are for it. They have a reason for it, but. Uh, I, I like our little town, and I've been cursed and been sw- slandered about wanting to stay the same size. I, I do love growth. Don't get me wrong, if it's good growth. But as far as uh, 
tinkering with what they're tinkering with is just too big, isn't it? I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I kind of promised myself I wouldn't get in any politics sure. uh, right. debates because you never win. No, you don't. And, and uh, uh, only way I can see the world turning, my only excuse for being able to keep going myself mm-hmm. and not giving up is uh, God's in control. Yeah. And Revelations, he's already told you what's going to happen. And yeah. uh, he's already got the warning signs in, in all the past history. And so uh, what prevails is what he's going to have happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I agree. Yeah. And I'm not afraid, are you? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. I'm not. No. I, if I had any concern, it'd be for my grandchildren. Me too. Yeah, all the little babies in the country who yeah. are not getting taught anything. These fathers uh, make babies and leave and leave the women. And uh, uh, just the world is full of young ladies out there with families trying to raise them yeah. and trying to be a dad and a mom and a, and a breadwinner at the same time. And then, you know, if you look back at it, where did it change? We got too easy, too complacent, didn't we, as America? Yeah, we got greedy. Yeah. We yeah. got greedy. Yeah. We wanted yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, I, my wife, I made her stay home, and uh, she got our kids raised and up, and then I said, now if you want to go out and go to work to occupy yourself. So she went up to the college, and she became a head cook up there, and all of her raising children made her a good cook, and so she fit in really good up there but uh, I didn't believe in letting my wife go out and get a job I, I don't care what everybody else does that's yeah. not my business but I wanted my wife to raise our children so and and she did a wonderful job yeah my wife did too and we'll talk about our wife just for a second same thing with me we had our first child born and uh, three months later, he was in with John just at the hospital, and I didn't know what the hell John this was. Mm-hmm. And I sat there for three nights with him, never left the room. Yeah. And he got out of there, and I went home, and I said, here's our baby, and you're staying home to raise him. So she quit her job. She worked for the doctor's office here in town. She quit her job. She raised all three of our kids. And to this day, I get compliments, as you do, too, on your kids, how, how respectful yeah. they are, and, yeah. and people like them. Well... A lot to be said about a mom staying home. Now, I know there's a lot of not can't stay home. They have to. But if you look at the way we're living today, uh, yeah, these subdivisions are beautiful, but they cost money. Oh, yeah. These houses, astronomical money that they're spending to live where they live and this yeah. and that. I, like you said, you had one board at a time and look where you're at. I always, my favorite phrase is that you start with nothing, you'll probably end up with something. Yeah. But when you start with everything... You yeah. end up with. Yeah, that's a sad state, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you got to believe in God, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he holds in front of us, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you look at our lives, we're, we probably lived in the best days, mm-hmm. we think anyway. I mean, I, I think my dad actually did. He had a great life and oh, yeah. uh, lived within his means and enjoyed life every day, never lost yeah. a friend in his life. I've lost friends in town here that... I thought we'd be friends forever, you know, but yeah. now they, because of a disagreement, like you say, stay out of the politics. I've tried, yeah. but I'm not going to lay down either, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have to lay down. No. Uh, but you don't let nobody waller you in it either. No. no, I never curse anybody for having difference of opinion. No. Don't, never. But sure do me sometimes, you know, they yeah. like to yeah. do that. But getting back to your life, now that you're retired, what have you been doing for the last five years? 
so years. Well, uh, I run into a little trouble. Uh, I got stage four cancer one time, and I had that really bad. I had a tumor inside me about the size of a football, and they couldn't take it out, so they had to take it out with uh, chemo and whatever. And I got over that, and then I got another stage four cancer, and that set me back a little bit. At, uh, uh, with all the wrecks that I was in in the rodeo, uh, all the pains and stuff I went through there, uh, I'm pretty good shape for my age. You are. You look great. And I remember when you had a heart attack how many years ago? Oh, I, that was minor. I know, but I remember you walking by the station every morning. You must walk three or four miles every morning, didn't you? I, I Yeah, I did. Every, yeah. I'd take a loop. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Walking. But then you survived that, and then, like you said, you're a two-time cancer survivor. Yeah. What got through? How did you think you got through it, Bob? Again, was it God, your faith? I, I never was scared of diving. Never. And, and I didn't die. Uh-uh. But... Uh, my wife always said it, I did, but I, I, I didn't die. Uh, but I wasn't ever scared. I, God's in control. Yeah. And, and I have to look at it that way. Uh, I've been so blessed in, in, in all the great things I've got to accomplish. And it was all through him. It was, uh, he was my power. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but one thing it does, it goes by fast, doesn't it? Oh, boy. I mean, we got to smile how lucky we are. And I know we're running out of time. Bob's probably sitting there going, but, oh, Bob's shaking his head. Go on. But uh, it is all about God. Don't you feel bad for people that don't believe in God? Oh, Evans. And yeah. you've run across them times you've been around. Yeah, yeah. I, I pray for those lost souls. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, I'm, I'm getting wrapped up here, Bob. You got any questions for... Bob, the two Bobs uh, it's here. It's fascinating to, to hear your story, Bob, and uh, you know we're we're really happy that you came in and shared it with us because uh, this is what it's all about: is knowing what our history is and uh, and how we can use that to improve the future. You know? Well, you know, it's amazing in modern era that we have a real cowboy here. First That's of it. all, yeah, and then to uh, get elected to the Hall of Fame. Did you? Did they send you a letter on that, Bob? Somebody call you or your wife? tell you or how'd you find out when you got to hall of fame well that's due through a nomination i mean uh, i had nothing to do with that just my 30 years or whatever right. of my history of working that's how they come up with that and they got people in there that that can decipher who's warranty in that and mm. if i dare brag about it no i, I want you to you're not uh, bragging i'm the only person that were in a national finals a world record in Michigan in rodeo and I'm the only one to ever be, uh, put on the Hall of Fame in rodeo. Really? It, now that is an accomplishment that's I mean, what I'm saying in any, huh? In Michigan. Right, I know but there's been a lot of you. Oh, I mean yeah. there's oh, rodeos yeah. every weekend, there's oh, clowns yeah. out there every weekend and oh, stuff yeah, but it must have been a uh, your first thought though when you heard that you bet you cried didn't you? Uh, I was ashamed. Really? Yeah, I was scared. I said, I don't know if I'm worthy of this. Really? Yeah, I did. So you're a humbling guy then? Well, I, I was worried. In fact, I, I was fighting it to go. My family wanted me to go, and they was so happy for me. Oh, yeah. And, and I kind of was dragging my feet, and uh, finally uh, we went. And when I was there, one of my good friends who was... 
who is doing good in this world. Uh, he's helping a lot of people. And he wrote me a note. He said, you are where you're supposed to be, where God put you. So that kind of relaxed me. And I went ahead and, and uh, went through the ceremony. And now I carry it with pride. Oh, gosh, yeah. I bet you cried, though, didn't you, down there oh, a little bit? Well, yeah. Was, I mean, it's a chilling experience. Yeah. I'm getting chills thinking because I... Yeah. Not everybody can be in the NFL Pro Bowl, you know, or not everybody can be in the Hall of Fame of their sport. No. Very few of us ever. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> again, I was just blessed, and, and uh, it was, it was uh, uh, pretty settling to watch the audience and, and all those guys that I used to work with or work for right. in the committees and to-do people, people who have accomplished tasks in their world, in their world and, and that they let me be in there with them, and so... Yeah, I bet they all shook your hand, patted you on the back, and yeah. God, you wish you could have stopped time for a little bit, eh? Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. It was too much, too fast. Yeah, yeah. And it but, wasn't fast, it was 30 years, you know. Yeah. You know what the biggest compliment is, though? Your whole family went, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, oh, yeah. that's compliment to you and your wife right there, what kind of people you've raised. Well, uh, I raised my children in a motorhome, too. I mean, we was on the road a lot. Really? Oh, yeah. And uh, we took them right out of school to go to Mexico to work. Really? And we self-taught them for a while. And, and uh, yeah, so my kids seen the world. Isn't that something? You, that's, you, that's amazing, you know? Yeah, and it is. Get I mean, homeschooled and, you know, so and see the world. I mean, that, that's something exciting for a kid. I mean, a lot of kids can never say that. Yeah, Bayshaws, I think, did run. that too. Oh, Red Balmick yeah. took his family out yeah. west, I remember. Oh, yeah. But most of the time... Uh, it, it relates back to horses, though, doesn't it? It's all. It's all livestock. Yeah. That was, that was, it was in our blood, you know. And yeah. most of the pro cowboys, they grew that way, too. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's some young guys that's coming in that's just really good athletes, uh-huh. and they want to try it. But the old salts, the guys that are born in it, they're tough. And they just keep bouncing back. And them, them are the ones that are fun to work with because they, they got the smarts. I see that uh, I get the cowboy quotes on my uh, Facebook there. It'll uh-huh. pop up. Uh-huh. That's one thing I like about Facebook, the quotes. Uh-huh. And the cowboy quotes are probably the most uh, uh, religious, down-to-earth quotes yeah. that yeah. people say yeah. of everyone. It's just amazing that if you see a horseman, you'll see a real American, really, the, yeah. the old American. Yeah. And it still goes on today. That's, that's one thing I'm really proud about in rodeo. We have a grand entry, and we, we mm-hmm. present the flag. Yeah. And we, have, uh, the, uh, uh, the, we do the Pledge of Allegiance, or we sing the national anthem, and we have a prayer before every rodeo. Wow. Wow. And, then, and I, I watch, I, no, I'm not knocking football or baseball, no. but there's very little attention given to God and and the money is huge in those places and I know it. these cowboys are I, I can remember the first ball player that made a million dollars in baseball uh-huh. and he come to Chicago Amphitheater and I was working there and he wanted to do an act and for the intermission to have the kids come out there so he said I want you to get a pitcher's I mean a catcher's mitt and he said I'm going to throw you some real soft balls and you play catcher for me. And I said, okay. Well, then 
he said, can you make an act out of it? So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll put a smoke bomb in my glove. And uh, the last one, you're going to throw a speedball, and I'll pop the glove, and it'll blow up smoke. And, well, I got that all set, ready to go, and, and uh, there was a thousand kids swarming around me, wanting to get out there with that ball player. And one of them bumped my switch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Blew my act right in. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, screwed you on that one. Oh eh? boy. Yeah, but it, it still went good, you know. Yeah. It was a million dollars. We never in rodeo, we never heard of that. No. But now no. we got million dollar rodeos. It's right. Television has did that for us. Yeah. Where's where's the best cowboys come out of? What state would you say? What? It's, I mean, it's they're it's, all over, right? It's it's the individual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, uh, the north and the south. It, that doesn't make any difference no. anymore. But, uh, yeah, if it, boys who grew up far away from town, mm-hmm. they're, the, they're the most best, you know. Yeah. So, Did your boys get into riding at all? Uh, Tim fought bulls for a little while. Uh, Brad, he, he worked with me and the clown. We did stage work and stuff. Okay. It's a big rodeos, and Brad did that. Lori, she, uh, she cooked and uh, took care of the animal acts for me. And so... I see, like, uh, there's a few people around here, like Mike Manike. He's got the rodeo steers. Uh-huh. And Chuck Rogers used to have them up there in Hawkins. Yeah. Those guys have pretty good steers, eh? Bunk, oh, oh yeah. Bulls. yeah. That's where you learn that. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson's, I think they have a big rodeo. And mm-hmm. the Angstrom boy, Shane, yeah. is in there. So it's not a lost art, is it? It's still going not pretty yet. strong. It's still going, yeah. 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 But it's getting smaller, you think, eh? Well, the cowboys are thinning out. Uh, back in the in the uh, '80s, they started. They come through. The cowboys come through, and they wanted to organize. Not the clown. Uh, the clowns wanted to come through and organize. Cowboys belong to an association. They have to work for their money by by competing. We get hired to do the work, and uh, my job. There's three positions in my job. You can either be a bullfighter, or you can be a barrelman, or you can do acts. And when I started out, I wanted to do all three so that when I went to an area, I wasn't singling myself out because I didn't have enough material. Mm-hmm. And so I did all three acts, and I fought bulls in my younger years. And when you get older, you lose your reflexes, and you can't take the pain like you used to, and so you go to the barrel. and. Uh, so that's what I did. Well, I'll tell you what, it's 10 to 10. It's about the longest program we've had in a long time. <laughs> and I want you folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Uh, before I leave, I'm going to have Bob, uh, I want to quote from him uh, what's going on in the world today or what you want to say to young people today, uh, how to be successful or uh, whatever whatever you want to say. But I do have a song that uh, being Thanksgiving and everything, or Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day tomorrow, my God, my mind goes uh, Hell on me fast. Valentine's Day's tomorrow, right, Bob? Yeah, Ash tomorrow. So Ash I got Wednesday. a song. Ash that, Wednesday. We got to think about that. Yeah, Ash Wednesday. Fish fries coming up on, uh, you know, St. Mary's, I guess, right? Fish yeah. Fries coming yep. up on Friday. So, yep. Yep. That's right. Thanks, Bob, for reminding yeah. me that. Well, yeah, I'm the, uh, a Catholic. But, but, yeah, I had to remind you. Wow. I know. Well, I've been <laughs> well, intrigued about Bob's here. story here, and I oh, trained yeah. a thought. But I just I want everybody to know I got a song coming in, uh, coming up here, and it's from all the husbands in the area to their wife so if, if you're near your wife when the song comes on uh, look at her and say this is from me honey 
But anyway, Bob, what well, you do you think? you got to tell me what song it is because I don't know. Oh, have Lady it. in Red. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Robert DeBerg sings it, Lady in Red. But anyway, uh, who you got there for that? Yep. Anyway, Bob, what do you think? You've enjoyed today, I hope. Oh, yeah, this has been good. What, <laughs> any other stories? Uh, not really. Uh, no. We can always have you back on if you think of more. Come back on. It don't have to be as long or it doesn't have to be short either. But I love stories. And uh, Fred's gone, you know, so I can't get any more out of him. I would have liked to talk more about Woodville, how it evolved to where it is today. We'll do that on another day in White Cloud. But as uh, far as you uh, being an educator to the kids today, what, what, what would you say to them? Well, guaranteed they're going to grow up. And guaranteed they're going to have to make a living somehow. Yeah. So... Uh, collect your work ethics and just remember ride for the brand ride take from, care of your job yeah do your yep, job yeah yep. ride for the brand it's a good one isn't it bob it is all right yeah. bobby yeah thank you very much thank you we thanks thank bob sponsors including uh, dw2 oh yeah wall of course uh, gilbert's carpets plus color tile uh also big rapids pennzoil and auto repair yeah Mac man Kim wells and zach yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh let's see who else we have dw2 yeah. drywall did you say that 911 yeah 911 yeah, restoration yeah yeah and yeah. of course seth winger Baker Auto. Since uh, pretty much the beginning here. Yep, Seth Winger, Winger, yeah. And uh, Benton Baker, we want to thank them too. Baker Auto. You got it, Baker Auto. Yeah, and DeGene out there and all them guys out there. Yeah, appreciate it. it. Well, it's been a good show, Bob. Appreciate you coming in, and God bless you. uh, Yep. We'll see you next time. All right. Next time. Yeah, uh, we were going to do tomorrow, but I'm having a little oral oral surgery today. Yeah, we'll be praying for you. Thank you. Yeah. And so uh, tomorrow we will uh, uh, not have the sports show. Uh, but we'll be back next week. Yep. Curry Sounds good, Bob. B1039. Nice hey, Bob. Yeah, yeah, I haven't left yet. You know, you haven't. I had no, to that find was, my that hat. That was quite an interview. That was very nice. Yeah, Bob, he's great, uh, yeah. great guy. Just uh, great God uh, giving guy to the community and done a lot of great things for a lot of people that we don't even know about. Right. You but anyway, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Peaks, south of town. It used to be CK's oh, place. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Hunty family bought that, and it's called the Peaks. Yep. They're having a six to eight, uh, two-hour program down there with dinner, Italian uh, dinner, and uh, they're going to have a little uh, two-piece uh, band there. Nice. Uh, just a little entertainment. Take yeah. your wife out. Uh, tickets are on uh, sale right now, but you got to hurry up and get them in today. They okay. don't want a bunch of people showing up tomorrow night and wanting dinner. So it's online, the Peaks, uh, right here in Big Rapids. Uh Hope to see you there tomorrow night. I'm taking my lovely bride out there for Valentine's. So, nice. uh, yeah. Well, it's good to have a nice event center. I mean, you know, we had the Holiday Inn and that closed, so we don't have that yeah. anymore. So it's good that they took that over and uh, did some renovation, I understand. A lot, so, yeah. yeah. It looks really nice. They have pictures online. Well, if they ever need a DJ, see. they always call me. You know? well, I'll have to tell them that, yeah. I think uh, the Hunties are investing a lot of time and money into this community. So if you see them, thank them because... Uh, takes local people to make local things happen and hunties are a great family doing that but anyway uh, then like i say uh you said ash wednesday yep. and then after they're on out there's gonna be a lot of fish fries st mary's puts one on every friday night at the perry center right other than that the eagles always have one the elks have yeah. one. Oh, mosey and they all have it yeah. hawkins bar has great fish so quite a, a group of people out there cooking fish for this uh, lenten season but remember what lenten's is all about too yeah. right the sacrifice and right you know yeah, yeah. Remembering the season. Of course, we got the putchkeys today, so go over to Jack's. That's where we have, he supplied the putchkeys for this morning. So, right. Yeah. Well, you know what that's all about. 
Basking. Right, it's, it's using the yeah, it's using the fat that was in the house. The right. funny thing is, I, I you know when I came in New York, where I came from, it was a very big Polish community. I mean, we were probably fifty, sixty percent Polish in the town where I grew up, uh-huh. and I never heard of Pushkis. Really? And I, I asked a, a, a dear friend of mine, she does the uh, polka show on the local radio uh-huh. station there, and she says, yeah, it was only on Fat Tuesday, and it was only in the morning because the people who knew, knew, you right. know, and they only did a limited run, so we weren't there every day. We didn't right. go to the Polish uh, deli or the Polish bakery every day, but right. so uh, so they had them. They didn't have them quite like they have them here, where they have them, uh, Mario could get them a month in advance, right. or today, you know, where the, you could get them at Jack. so, you know, yeah. so enjoy those, and then tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Well, we got one more song as I leave. Uh, You know, uh, I don't know. It's sad when somebody dies is when all these things you hear how great a human they were. And that Toby Keith definitely did so much. I know he went and took care of the service people and he donated tons of money to the needy. And just what a cowboy. And these songs that he wrote and everything. And like I say, don't let the old man in. That's my favorite. But this song we're going to leave you with, folks. Here we played is, all of them except this one. I think yeah. the one that, that gets the most emotion. So yeah, you know, you got to play this one, Bob, because uh, it sums up Toby Keith in America on WBZX Big Rapids. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> 